Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Making three straight, three straight wins for your Sixers. Before we break it down, if you're new to the channel, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button and hitting the thumbs up button as well. Thank you guys so much for the support. If you're looking to buy tickets to go to any Sixers game, NBA games in general, NHL, NFL, use the code BRODES at SeatGeek's checkout page. 20 bucks off. $20 off of your purchase by utilizing the promo code BRODES at checkout on SeatGeek. It's a no-brainer. It's eliminating the fees right from the jump. Nobody likes those fees where you don't even have to worry about it. Promo code BRODES. And lastly, TikTok at Broads Media. Check it out. We're doing some fun things over there. With that being said, enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on in to Sports Talk with Broads. That's three straight wins for the 76ers. Joel Embiid was magnificent. That's the most important thing right now is getting this guy rolling because without that, you're screwed. You have zero chance. So I'm not telling you that this was a gorgeous win or this was a pretty win. Sometimes it's got to be ugly. Now you're facing the same team in their building Monday night and, of course, tonight, which is Wednesday night, which is not an easy task no matter, no matter how many players that they're missing and at the end of the day what I love most is just watching Joel Embiid get back to himself establish himself on the block and then he's power driving towards the rim and finishing smooth he hit a big three as well you could see so many different areas he's throwing it up against the glass for his own assists so he was all over the place getting to the charity stripe he knocked down 15 he went 15 of 19 from the line and when this team needed him towards the end I'm not going to act as if it was as amazing as Monday night's effort late down the stretch, but it did get closer than it needed to. There were some turnovers that did not make me happy. It did get a little sloppy when it didn't necessarily need to, but of course, Joel Embiid was there for the rescue as he puts up 32 points, eight boards, and when he picked up his third personal foul, I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. He ended up with only four, so he only picked up one another one of course but I'll tell you what Joel Embiid was just sensational tonight and it starts there 
When he returned from COVID, we saw one powerful game, and then he slipped big time, and he didn't look comfortable. Right now, while getting these wins matters so much, especially when you will be seeing the Utah Jazz tomorrow night for a back-to-back, -back. and then, oh, by the way, the Golden State Warriors are coming to town Saturday night. It's only going to get harder, so when you see these teams on the schedule, and when you see squads that have players unavailable, you have to take advantage of that, and I will give you your props and your praise for doing so and that makes me happy that they're doing their job it's gonna get harder as it goes no doubt so there's a lot of different angles here right I'm proud that they got the wins they need to get these victories they gotta put them all together here and package them all up pile them all up grab those wins when you can especially on the road it's a difficult task so I'm happy for them for that it's not gonna get easier though too but the main focus the main part of this run right now is Joel and the fact that Joel is doing Joel things and he's not settling for jumpers he's willing to play a boring style look I don't give a damn if you're jab stepping to death and hitting jumpers in people's faces or if you're getting methodical and you know that they don't have a damn soul that's going to be able to stop you. Foul line, foul line, foul line, foul line, foul line. I don't give a damn. I'm going to get my buckets the way I need to. Double team? Okay, fine. I'll find my open teammates. When he was getting pressured and when they were bringing bodies, now I don't think the assist numbers dictate that or tell you the full story because, you know, when I'm watching this game early on, I'm going, there's shots here that could fall. They're just not falling right now. And when Joel did have the pressure and the defense targeted at him with that aggressive mindset, you find some of the open guys and, you know, it just didn't really fully tell the story. I don't think the box score told you exactly how he was smart in that area, but he, he was also very smart in so many other spots. And watching Joel Embiid play this way, a common thought for where this team is right now and, you know, they're missing something. It feels like they're being held hostage because of 2-5. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I actually feel the same way. But when Joel gives you 42, 43 points, when Joel gives you an effort like he does tonight, it makes it that much more exciting. It gives you that little burst of energy. At least it does for me. Maybe I'm the outlier. I'm not telling you it's where it needs to be. There's clearly something going on here emotionally for us as Sixers fans, but... It does make it that much sweeter when Joel is is Joel. I, I mean, it was just awesome. I thought Andre Drummond stepped in when Joel was on the bench, and he played his role magnificently. You know, there was clearly a problem when we had to rely on Andre Drummond to be your number one center. But when you go down this path, and you can play a two-man game between him and Shake Milton, get some lobs, and then Drummond's bringing the energy. He's bringing some effort on the defensive end, getting back. And who was it? Miles Bridges, who gives him a mean shoulder and a mean body, and somehow they both get technicals? Let me know how that played out. I mean, I thought there were so many times they went back to the review, and I'm going, what are we doing here with this review? And B gets hit, and then you got this, and somehow they come up with the answers that they come up with. Please, I would love to know. Entertain me with how you get the decisions that were made out there today on the basketball floor. But I digress. I just thought Andre Drummond was a massive part to that spurt in the earlier stages of the game when you went to your bench, and that was really important. Seth Curry. What could I say about Seth? I mean, we could point out defensive issues at times, but 8 of 14 from the field, 
four threes made. And how about this? Obviously, he scores a bucket, right? We know that when he's on fire and he's elevating with that jumper, it's sweet as hell. My man had eight apples. He had eight assists out there. He was finding his teammates, and they were getting some buckets off of him, too. So it wasn't just the ability to hit the J and for him to shoot from distance and, and then cash in nonstop. It was also teammates getting fed off of his success, too, which is a beautiful sight for sure. Tobias was strange for me. You could look at what he did early on, and you could look at some moments in the fourth quarter, but then there's times where he's just not right right now. It's just that simple. He's off. He's off. There's times where, and this is just a part of Tobias Harris, I don't think this is going anywhere. We've seen this in the playoffs before as well. He misses bunnies. We've 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 spoken about this with Andre Drummond. I've never seen an individual suck so much one inch from the basket, two feet from the basket, nonstop misses left and right. Tobias Harris, part of the Tobias Harris experience is he misses those bunnies. He misses those easy ones. And I saw that happen throughout this game later on when you need some points and you know, you want to try and pull away in the fourth quarter, and Toby's right there, right by the rim, and it's nothing but a straight brick, and it's rolling around the rim. What are we doing here? Go up strong and make your damn basket. So I'd say up and down for Tobias, which has been somewhat of a common theme, if not more down than up. I'm just hoping that he kind of gets out of that funk and finds himself again. He needs to. Tyrese Maxey needs to. And I don't think I'm being too critical on Tobias in tonight's effort, by the way. Uh, You know, it's like, yeah, he had nice moments early. He had some nice moments in the fourth quarter, but... I I need more from Tobias Harris. I think that's fair to say, and I don't know if anyone's going to think I'm being too harsh considering 99.8% of this fan base absolutely destroys and hates Tobias. I don't put myself in that category. I know what to expect from him enough where I won't go overboard, but I think it's fair to expect more than what you got in this outing as a whole, as a full 48-minute game in Charlotte tonight. A Tyrese Maxey's all over the map right now. I mean, that's clear and obvious. He's struggling. Uh, I see some bad decisions with the basketball. And it's it's a problem right now between him and the big man. And there's no denying that. And I don't think that's necessarily something to cry about. But I do think they have to have a conscious effort here to fix that, right? I understand it takes time. I understand teams take a bit to understand one another and get on the same page. There's a reason why there are squads that have a ton of talent, but they never form a full team because they just don't have that mesh. And I'm not telling you that they can't figure this out because I think they ultimately can. You have Tyrese Maxey learning this role. So, you know, I think it makes sense, but let's... Let's let's see some strides here to figure this out in a certain way or, you know, get creative with what you have right now with your roster because something has to change. I need to see a conscious effort to figure out ways to maybe get Tyrese Maxey going in in ways that you haven't tried before and just figure out some new new styles, new life, new concepts between the two to see if something else works or, you know, just to kind of switch things up because they're not on the same page. And I mean, look, the Sixers don't even have someone who can inbound, not inbound the ball, but get the ball into the post 
at an efficient rate right now. That's problematic considering your number one guy is someone who likes to live on the block, get himself down low, and go to work. Let me clock in. All right, let me get my ass down low. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's see if anyone can stop me. Uh-oh, what's that? Nobody can? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be at the free throw line if you want me. My guy had 19 free throws tonight alone. I love it. I love that. I eat that up. So many people complain, and I've been through this before. There was a, what, what game was it? Minnesota? I was complaining about some calls when they played the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then Minnesota Timberwolves fans, which I didn't even know existed, were in the comments section after the game yelling at me that, how dare you get upset with the refs when the free throws were so different? And you guys had so many more free throws. Yeah, that's because we have Joel. It's not that hard to comprehend. When you have a Joel and B who dominates the way Joel and B dominates, you're going to go to the charity stripe because you can't can't handle this individual. Nobody can, except for Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol is his father. So other than Marcus Gasol, good luck. Most nights, the Sixers will win that battle. Now, where did the boards end up going? Let me bring up the, the box score as a whole, because I remember during the game, I actually heard Allah point out that they were getting out-rebounded. So let me bring up fully. Let's go to the box score here. The final score, 110-106, didn't need to be as close as it ended up being, which definitely is unfortunate. But And by the way, Tobias Harris went 7 of 13 for his 18 points. I know, I'm, like I said, am I being a little harsh? I don't think so. The box score, I don't think, tells the full story in that regards either. What am I doing? Oh, I'm looking at the rebounds. 36 to 35. So it was pretty damn close. And when you haven't been an Andre Drummond, I just feel that you should not be in that category, right? You should not be pretty much split even with this team right now with the Charlotte Hornets. So to be fair, right, you would think that that would be an area where maybe they can clean up the glass a little bit easier and that could help push this team along the way instead of needing those final buckets by Joel. But it is nice to see it. When he was on that uh, face-up possession and he faced up and he just had his shoulder and power drive towards the rim and comes around with a monster jam, I gave myself a little boost off the couch. My dogs woke up from their nap who were snoring on the damn couch and gave me a little... And I was like, God damn it, I didn't mean to do that. The fiance gave me one of those mean looks with her eyes just staring right at me, looking through my damn soul. I'm sorry. Yell at Joel. Yell at the teammates for not putting this thing away earlier. Yell at Matisse Thibel for not having an offensive game. Thought there were some defensive possessions I didn't love out of him tonight as well, but I will talk about it every single show. So I hope you're not sick and tired of it yet because I don't think it's going anywhere. And that's kind of like a good transition here. Uh, I know we're not going to jump fully into the Anytime Hotline calls, but maybe we will. Maybe this is a good transition. I got a text message from a no-name right here and just says, Broads, Thibel is Simmons reincarnated. And you're not wrong, but we brought this up on The Fanatic over the weekend. Tom Alford, phenomenal producer. I love working with him. We have some great conversation. And he asked me a very reasonable question about this. And my point was, I haven't seen any sort of growth out of him at all. Like, zero. We are talking zero. But he brought up, when you look at where he was drafted, the fact that you have a player who can impact the game as much as he can impact the game, 
that late in the first round. So based off of circumstances on where he was drafted, clearly he has limitations. If he didn't have those limitations, he would be a higher draft pick, right? He wouldn't be picked in the 20s. He wouldn't be picked. And look, guys fall. Tyrese Maxey's not a 20s type of guy. These these players sometimes fall. You slip. Jimmy Butler wouldn't have been drafted where he was. Draymond Green wouldn't have been drafted where he was, obviously. But if you think about it, you have Matisse Thibel, where he was selected, don't you think what you're getting out of him is probably more than you could anticipate with the pick that late in the first round? And right now, we're accustomed to seeing a lot of success from those players. But is that the norm? Getting your Landry Shamits, your Tyrese Maxis, you know, your players late. Shake Milton was a late player as well. I don't think most organizations land on those. So is it fair to hold him to a standard of a Ben Simmons if he was selected in that range for a reason? And I think the answer is no, but yes at the same time because I'm not expecting him to change the game and be a LeBron James 2.0, a prince like Ben Simmons is. But to add zero to your game and your numbers go down every single year, his three-point percentage is falling backwards and it's going the wrong way year after year after year. I think it's fair to bring that up that, I mean, if you're a 30, 34, 35% guy, and that's what you are year in and year out, and you're not getting much better. Okay, I'm not pumped up about it, but that's what you are. But when you're falling backwards, and it's worse, and it's worse, and the confidence is going in the wrong direction, and you just play games where you have one shot attempt in 20 minutes, we've seen that before. I don't know if I can accept that at the same time. So I need to hold him to a Matisse Thibel level. A Matisse Thibel bar, which I feel I'm doing, I'm not holding him to the Ben Simmons level. It just is relatable as a conversation because it's a player that's so stellar on the defensive end and not so much on the offensive end, which is limiting what he's able to do. And speaking of the Ben Simmons stuff, there's a lot of noise, a lot of rumors, and guess what? It ain't going anywhere. This is exactly why Daryl Morey was waiting out and playing this game because teams are now getting closer to the trade deadline. They're not happy with where they are, so just no, right now as we sit here, there's going to be a lot of noise, shams, woes, all this stuff. You got Sacramento, you have Portland, you got a bunch of drama happening. The NBA knows how to have drama. They could be literally a soap opera, all right? I swear to God, I'm at the gym, I'm on the treadmill, they got all the TVs, they got Fox, CNN, ESPN, soap operas. Uh, the NBA, it fits right in the category of the damn soap operas. I have no idea what tell you about riding the, the, the running the treadmill has anything to do with anything. I didn't have to bring that up to tell you about soap operas. For some reason, my brain did because the other day I was running and I was thinking, who the hell watches soap operas anymore? I guess people do. Middle-aged women with their wine, folding their clothes with their husbands off the work. I don't know. My stereotyping? Probably. Let's get back into some basketball talk, though. I need more out of Matisse. I need more out of Tyrese. I need more out of Toby. I need more out of all these players. But the key here is to notice the great play by Joel. And if you weren't getting that, that's really devastating. That's really damaging. The fact that you are, that's my big positive. Close games, yes. Should it be? Not really. We get the circumstances. We know where it all is. With that said, though, Joel getting into rhythm, Joel kind of figuring himself out right now, that is so massive to... Whatever, whatever this season is, 
Without Joel, it all don't matter. So I'm happy from that perspective. Let's rock with some anytime hotline calls first. Winview. Winview is amazing. Winview.tv slash broads. What is it? It's an app where you just answer questions about the game. And if you do, you win money. So it's not about betting on the spread, betting on the money line, or doing any sort of fantasy drafts where you're picking players. No, no, no. Answer the questions about the game before it begins. There's live contests. There's weekend-long contests. And if you do, you cash out. It's so simple. We're all addicted to TikTok where we're scrolling for three hours. I'm doing the same damn thing on Winview with NBA games each night, NHL games, NFL games on Sunday. And guess what? I'm winning so much damn money. You'd be a fool. You'd be an absolute fool not to do it. It's so easy. It is literally like, hey, Do you want money? Come take it from me. And I am now obsessed with shoes. I'm a sneakerhead now. That's right. I've got myself into the game. I have three Jordan 1s. I have a pair of Dunks. And I have a pair of Jordan 3s as well. So we're starting to work ourselves into the sneakerhead life. The reason I'm able to do this is because of how much money I'm winning on Winview. And Winview has, right now, a great promo where they're doubling your deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. For all first-time users, your deposit will be doubled up to $100. That means if you deposit and spend $50, you'll get $100. If you deposit and spend $100, you'll get $200. This is the perfect bonus to take advantage of during the NBA season, NHL season. So make sure you check them out down below, winview.tv slash broads. Okay, let's pull up these phone calls here. My screen's a little tiny right now, and I don't like it, but I think we'll be all right. All right, let's kick things off. You know, despite the fact that the game sort of dragged on a little bit at the end, this is just another really nice win for the Sixers. Anytime you win three games in a row on the road, it's a really good thing. And this team seems to be rounding back into form after uh, all their starters got back from the COVID protocol. So I officially think that it's time to stop panicking about the Sixers like we were like about five games ago where, oh, we're not even going to make the playoffs. Oh, uh, if we we're going to be like seven seed at best. Okay, we're officially back to what I think we were before this, before everything went crazy. So just got to keep it up. Keep it up. Obviously, we can't win every game, but it's good to win nice, close games like this. It is nice to win, for sure. I think you're being a little too lenient, to be fair. When you play the Jazz and you play the Warriors, if they don't win, you're going to fall right back into the, well, you only beat the Hornets, and you barely did when they were missing all their players, but that's the reason why that happened. Nobody should have this team where they're just going to roll off and beat the best teams in the league consistently. That's not who they are right now. They still have a lot of flaws. Tobias Harris has to figure out who he's going to be this year. Last year, he was a magnificent, and I mean magnificent player for this squad throughout the regular season where we were like damn look what we got here in Toby this is amazing can they keep it up throughout the postseason and things got a little wonky there but Ben Simmons is such a big part of that I really don't feel like going back down that road but Tobias Harris needs to figure himself out. You really don't have a primary point guard that you can rely on. Yes, we keep bringing up Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey, but they're not real, real options. They're young. Let's see. I don't like Shake with the ball in his stamp being a, like a legit, legit point guard. That's not my preferred spot. You don't have a preferred guy. So there are going to be hiccups. There's still going to be losses. I think you're being a little too lenient, but I'm, I'm with you where three straight wins is three straight wins, and you're 
you're looking better than you did. No doubt. You're looking way better than you did when everybody was on COVID protocol, when fans were freaking out saying this team was a disaster. But I still think that where this team is right now, you know, they're going to show signs of ugliness. Their defensive woes are going to be problematic. They won't get back in transition and they'll get shelled by perimeter uh, defensive issues at times. And they'll probably have some stagnant offense where we're wondering why nobody's moving and they try and force things to Joel and teams might efficiently be able to stop him with a double team and then players might miss their shots and you know like we'll get that for sure especially when you're playing a jazz team and you're playing the Golden State Warriors not that I can expect this this Sixers team to just beat the Warriors right they almost did the last time on the road and then they ran out of gas as the road trip was ending now they get a shot at the Wells Fargo Center which could maybe change the impact of it all with the crazy fans and whatnot but yeah look I'm right there with you though with the whole reaction during the COVID protocol stuff was overblown and people took it to such an extreme where now you're starting to see a little bit more of what they can be while there's still some real problems here they're not what people said that they were during that stretch of the ugly basketball, like the ugly, ugly, ugly basketball when guys weren't available and you're forced to play Furkan Korkmaz for 30 minutes. Think about that. Think about Furkan Korkmaz right now. You had to play with him. You had to play with all these guys. Drummond starting. You had what Paul Reed. Paul Reed was playing real minutes, legit action in games. Back to back to back to back game. He was really playing. These guys were playing. Actually getting their number called. Yeah, it's a big difference. Furkan was playing 30 minutes. He was starting. Furkan blows. Just want to make sure everybody remembers that. Furkan blows. All right. What's next? I think that was like the longest one minute of end of a game I've seen in a while. Ugh. Glad we got the victory. It's really good to see NB kind of getting back into his groove and looking really sharp. Um, my biggest takeaway from him was I really appreciate him getting the ball a lot deeper in the paint, playing a little more bully basketball, getting to the free throw. Unfortunately, when he's getting doubled, I do we just can't really knock down any shots. I mean, Green, Fiebel, just not helping him out to, uh, you know, when the ball gets down low in the paint and dish back out. But I feel like you kind of have to keep doing that. And, you know, that's like probably your best option offensively. Um, Seth Curry, another strong outing with him. So it's good to kind of get him back in the, in the role of things and um, just keep getting these wins. Now, I do want to say something on Danny Green, Matisse. You're right. I don't have a faith that Matisse, even though it might be your best option, because what are you going to do? When you get doubled that way, the smart basketball decision is let's kick it around and find one of our open teammates. But Matisse, I have no faith in. Danny Green, there's something that tells me, and I know there's a lot of Sixers fans that are just out on this guy. They don't like the way that he called out the fans, and I didn't either, by the way. That was very foolish and dumb and silly and really just not right. It was very uneducated for him to go down that road, not because you can't fight that battle, it's an uphill battle, but he was wrong, that's all, I mean, he was flat out wrong with what he was saying, that's why it was a bad decision, not because you don't want to fight against his own his own fan base. That's 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 not what I'm talking about. He was wrong. Danny Green was wrong with what he stated about this city and this fan base uh, about what happened in, 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 in years past. But when we talk about Danny, 
There is still something in me deep down that believes he still is. Be- There's going to be a stretch this year where, and look, last year when you play with Ben throughout the regular season, there's no denying that Ben in regular season action helps out three-point shooters with spacing. He's running down the floor, 6'10", full speed, kick out, Danny Green's open, right? So, and look, Joel B getting doubled opens up three-point shooting too, but you miss, you do miss Ben Simmons in the open floor. And guys like Danny Green benefit from Ben Simmons in the open floor. So maybe that's a reason why we're not seeing that same level but Danny Green last year started out slow and then there was a spurt throughout the middle of the year where he was really getting off that's probably a bad phrase there but he was really going off and he was knocking down shots and he was a force for you there's something that tells me I don't know what he's gonna be but I think he could be more than what he's giving you I think he could give you more I I truly deep down believe that. And maybe that comes with a different role. I don't know. Maybe I feel differently if he comes off the bench and when you trade Ben, you bring someone that can help out in the starting rotation and then that pushes a Danny Green off to the side. So then his impact, shorter minutes, but a louder impact. I I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's changing his role. But something tells me deep down in my gut that there's more in Danny Green. I know he's on the back nine. I know he's played a ton of basketball and it's not as if that he's the special player he was in San Antonio, he's got as much jump in his game. I'm not telling you that, and I'm not sold that that's there, but I think there's more than what he's giving us. That's all. I think there's more. Maybe we're not getting it because Ben Simmons isn't here, and there isn't really a point guard out there, and when there is, and Tyree's trying to figure out how to get the ball to Joel, and and things like that, and that definitely plays a role in how everybody else gets their touches, but I don't know. You make a fine point where when Joel gets doubled, he's available and he's there hanging out. So it's not as if the shots aren't there based off of the personnel you have on the floor right now because they still very much are. I got more hope. I'm holding on for more hope with Danny Green because he's here. And I think that I've seen enough out of a veteran player to know that he's done it for such a long time. And sure, players break down eventually. I'm just trusting my gut on this one. And I feel I'm an outlier, but I'm okay with that. Uh, before we go, I need to tell you about DeSimone Jewelers. They are my jewelers. I got my fiance's engagement ring there. I went back for Christmas, for Valentine's Day, for holidays, you name it. They're a family-owned business located in Haddonfield, New Jersey, previously in Jewelers Row. Will, Lou, Nick, and Mike, they're just grade A people. They are fantastic, amazing individuals that treat you like part of their family. You're not just a customer. They're not just trying to make a quick buck on you. They truly care about you as a person, and they want to educate you about the clarity in the diamond and the decision that you're making on the purchase and and things of that nature. And they work with you to get the best design at the most reasonable price you will find in the market. They have custom jewelry design, jewelry repairs, appraisals, watch repairs, and so much more. DeSimoneJewelers.com is their website. And make sure when you talk to them, you say that Broad sent you and they'll absolutely hook you up. When I tell you they are magnificent human beings that really do care, I mean that and I will never go to another spot again in my life and you shouldn't either dsimonejewelers.com check out their information in the description with that being said i want to thank you guys so much for listening game tomorrow second half of back to back this is in philadelphia against the jazz i'm excited to see what happens thank you guys so much and i will see you next time